Okay, so we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a little bit of uh, participation here. So what I need is I need all the kids in the room to come up here. Now here's what I want you to do: uh, come up here, and you can kind of sit like right around over here. You can sit down the steps. You can sit over here. So the young, and if you're young at heart and you really want to be up here, Danny Britsky, you come right on up. Come up here and sit down on the sit down right here. Okay, so we're gonna sit down. Everybody, sit down here. So we're gonna sit down. I want to tell you that it is very easy to speak to adults. This terrifies me. I just want you to know that. We're gonna make it through though. Okay. All right. Now. Okay. So everybody, all you guys, look this way. Uh, how many of you have already opened Christmas presents? What's the best Christmas present you got? What's, what's what'd you get? Bag of coal? No. Okay, good. What'd you get? A TV? Holy cow. What, what'd you get? A Nerf gun. I'm coming over later. What'd you get? A what? A hoverboard. Don't let that explode. Okay. All right, what'd you get? A tablet. Wow. Holy cow. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to read the Christmas story now. Who are, the, who are the people in the Christmas story? Do you know the characters in the Christmas story? Yell them out for me. Who is in the Christmas story? Three shepherds, okay, so I need, I need three volunteers to be a shepherd. I got three volunteers, okay, we're going to take Miss Beautiful Blue right here, uh, and we're going to take uh, the lovely Christmas sweater right back here, and is that your sister right there next to you? Who says women can't be shepherds? That's what I have to say about that. Right, come here. All right. I got some bathrobes for you. Here you go. Put this on. Ready? Here we go. Okay. Now, uh, let's see, we got the goalie right here. Here, put that on over that. There, Mrs. Claus. Oh, whoops, we got that all tied up, don't we? Here, it's, let's just drape it. How about that? Here we go. And then you get a staff. Here you go, just your size. Look at that. Now, we're going to have you stand over here. Come over here. Come right over here. Have you stand right over here. Because the shepherds were out in the field, so this is going to be the field over here. Come on over here, sweetie. All the way over here. You're doing great. I love those ears. Those are great. Come on all the way over here. All the way over here. Okay. Now, who, would, who visited the shepherds out in the field? Do you know? Who visited the shepherds out in the field? Um, Starts with an A and ends with a Joel's. Yes, that's correct. Good job. How would you like to be the angel? Come here. Come on. Okay. And we're going to need a couple more angels. You're just beautiful. So come on up here. And how about you two? Come on. Come over here. And you're going to hold, the, hold this star right over here. Okay. Ready? Girls, come on up here. You're going to be over here. Now, who else? Who else was in the story? Who else was in the story? My children are raising their hands and I'm waiting. Okay. Who, 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 was that? who else was in the story, Christmas story? Yes. Who else was in the story? Were, was Mary in the story? And Joseph? You think they were in the story? or Who was it? Papa and Maddie. Yeah, okay. Yes, yes. I know your Papa and Maddie. They're here. Okay, close. Very close. Very close. Who else was in the story? There are three kings. Okay, we're going we're gonna to do that in a second. So who else was in the story? Someone say Mary and Joseph, and I'm going to give you a million dollars. You're going to say Mary and Joseph? Okay, here we go. So I need someone to be Mary and Joseph. I need a, a, a boy and a girl. Addie, come here. You can be Mary, okay? I got, let's see, I need a Joseph right here. Let's have you be Joseph. Come on, come on up here. Come on up here. There we go. All right, let's make this work. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Here we go. Here we go. Turn around, turn around. You got to face everybody this way. Now, we're going to put a robe on you. It's going to be a little big, but you're going to hold on to that, right? 
And then Mary, you're going to put this on right here. Here you go, Mary. Mary was much larger than Joseph. We didn't know that in the story. <laughs> and then here's, here's the baby. Man. Come over here. Come over here. Let's stand here by that. We'll put the, put the crib right over here. Here we go. I don't even know what I just did right there. There we go. Okay. Well, baby Jesus has no place to lay his head for sure today. There we go. All right. Okay. So then who else is in the story that you know of, right, that we usually think is in the story? We, someone said the three kings, right? So I need three, I need three kings. I don't know if you know this, that those, the, the Bible doesn't actually say how many people or those kings were and, it's, and doesn't say that they were there the time of the actual birth of Jesus. It was later when he was young, older, but I need three. One, two, three. Come guys, stand over here. You're going to stand over there because we, in the, in the story, as it's told, so we're going to hold Jesus, okay? Now here's what we're going to happen. We're gonna, I'm going to read the story from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. So Mary, turn, turn your face this way, next to small Joseph. There we go. <laughs> and we're going to read the story, okay? And when I get to your part, you're going to kind of go, okay, here we go. Ready? Uh, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Do you know what a census is? What's a census? What's a census? Somebody know? What's a census? You count all the people. That's right. Um, and everyone went to their town, own town, to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Bethlehem, of Nazareth in Galilee, to the town of Bethlehem, the, uh, the town of David, because he belonged to the line and house of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger. We're going to try that. Oh, man. Because there was no room available for them. And there were shepherds, so I say hi shepherds, wave shepherds. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. So angel, go. Oh. There we go. <laughs> and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, so you say, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. Can all the angels say that? Glory to God in the highest. Okay, maybe not. That's fine. And on earth, peace. We're just going to get through this. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So shepherds, come over here. We'll stand over here. Good job. Come, shepherd, come over here. Come here, shepherdess. Can you come over here, sweetie? Come. <laughs> So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things in her heart and pondered them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were, which were just as they had been told. So that is the Christmas story, guys. Thank you so much. Great job. Great job. Okay, so here's what I'm going to have you do. Once you take off your props, and you guys can all go back to where your mom and dad, mom or dad, or whoever you're sitting with is. 
Way to go, guys. Good job. There we go. There we go. Good job. There we go. We'll take that. There we go. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. Whew. I'm not going to lie. That had me sweating. Holy cow. Hey, just for a few minutes, I want to talk to you about, about the meaning of Christmas. I want to invite you to stand with me, if you would. And we're going to read uh, another passage. That was from the Gospel of Luke. Just a little, a couple verses in Matthew of when the angel appeared to Joseph and what he said to Joseph uh, ties into what we're going to talk about this morning. I'll read it aloud and it'll be on the screen. You can follow along. Uh, the angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, this is the prophet Isaiah, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, just for a few minutes, I want to talk to you uh, today on Christmas morning, um, how if you're broken, uh, Christmas is for you. Now, uh, we've been all through the month of December in a series called Christmas is Not Your Birthday, looking at the different characters in the Christmas story. We looked at the shepherds and Mary and Joseph. Today, we're going to look at Jesus. Uh, but Christmas, what we've been saying is that we've made Christmas more than it originally was. We've added trees, and we've added presents, and we've added uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. We've added lights. Uh, if you were here a few weeks ago, I talked about how I hate putting lights up, and then one of you as a secret Santa dropped off, I think, a 1,500 or 1,700 lights at my house that I have to put up next year. <laughs> I'm not going to say who that person's name is. I won't give them away, but his initials are Matt Tulosh, so I won't, I won't <laughs> give them away. Well, uh, at, but at Christmas, uh, if you know, uh, you felt it, there's actually a study been done that there are more heart attacks on Christmas Day than any day of the year. Uh, at Christmas time, there's more grief. It's the first time that mom wasn't here. It was the first Christmas without my husband. It was the first Christmas without my, without my son. It's the first time my friend wasn't there. There's, there's grief at Christmas time. There's uh, often at Christmas family tension. All these kinds of things happen at Christmas time, and it's supposed to be a time of joy, but what often happens at Christmas is what gets revealed is how broken we are. And so at Christmas, what we feel uh, is a function of what we expect. We have all these things we expect to happen, and then they don't happen, and then we feel uh, doubly disappointed because what we hoped would happen didn't happen, and what happens is it creates this gap, and it's this gap between what we expect and what actually happens where we notice and where we feel and where we see the pain of how broken we are. And this is where the message of Christmas comes, because the message of Christmas is for our gaps. The message of Christmas is not about a tree. The message of Christmas is not about presents. The message of Christmas is not even about the person that we lost, as, as, as heartbreaking as that is. And I don't mean to minimize that in any way. The message is the message that was given to Joseph and to Mary that there's a baby this little baby, this little vulnerable baby has bo been born into our world and his name's Jesus and he's going to save his people from their sins. Now, here's, here's, our, here's, our, here's our deal. We don't uh, often understand what our real problems are because m for most of us, not, not uh, all of our problems are this way, but for many of us, uh, our problems really are about our circumstances. We wish that our circumstances were different and so we're frustrated by the fact that our circumstances are not different than they are. It's why many people 
uh, struggle with depression. I don't mean to minimize depression in any way, but it's often why people struggle with it because they, they expected this and then this happened and what do I do with the difference and I don't know what to do with that. And so that's why people in our country chase happiness like they're chasing a mouse and they just never catch it and they're just going everywhere for it. And, but this is what Matthew tells us in, in this passage of the Christmas story is that the real issue is not there. It's not in our circumstances. It's something deeper. And so what the angel says to Joseph is that you're going to give him the name Jesus. Now, if you've been here, we've talked about this before, but how they named people in that day and how we name people today is totally different. Today, we pick a name we think is unique or different. Uh, no one else has it. Or we look at the top 10 names and we go, oh, I like Aiden. That was a great name. And I'm sorry, Aiden, uh, if you're in the room. But we pick that name or Hudson or whatever. And we, we pick that name because we like it. It might mean something, but it might not. In that day, when you named a child, you always gave the child a name that had a meaning. And so the meaning behind Jesus' name is the Hebrew word Yeshua. Can you say that? Yeshua. It's where we get the, the name Joshua today, and it means God saves. So even in the name of Jesus is the purpose of Jesus, that Jesus came to save. And then the angel said he's going to save his people from their sins. Now the word there is a, a word from archery that means to miss the target. So it can mean something you intended to do. Or it could mean what you, you intended to get there, but you didn't quite get there, and you missed it, and you tried. So it, it encompasses uh, the things that we plan to do that we know will take us down the wrong path, and the things, the circumstances, the situations that we get ourselves in, and we don't know how we ended up there. Have you ever had that happen? How did I get here? Uh, so here's what you need to understand. The, the Bible talks about sin a lot, actually, because it recognizes this is our real problem, not our circumstances. If you go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible in the garden, the first sin that man committed against God was just outright rejection of God. It said, I want nothing to do with you. I want to do whatever I want, and I don't want anyone telling me what to do. I, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And it frankly has been the source of much pain and suffering in every person's life that I know, my own included. The reason is because when you say, I don't want anything to do with God, you basically say, I'm, I'm in charge of my life. And so what happens is you've got uh, 7 billion people who think they're in charge of the world running around and those desires and wants and needs all crash into each other and they create tremendous pain and suffering. So the Bible says that sin, uh, one of the sins that we commit on a regular basis is just outright rejection of God. Now if you know the story of the Bible, it goes along and the people of Israel were enslaved in Egypt and they were brought out of slavery uh, they were, the, the exodus happened. They were brought out of slavery and God set them free from the, the Egyptian people. And this is, this is another picture of what sin is. It, sin is slavery. In fact, the, the writer Paul in the New Testament, he says, listen, when you sin, what happens when you do it first? You go, oh, that was great. I like that. And you, you, it felt good or it made you feel better for a little bit. But what happens when you do it again and again is you become a slave to it. You become an addict. You become addicted, whether, whether it's money, whether it's stuff, whether it's a substance, whether it's food. Something, something other than God, something other than what you originally wanted comes to dominate your life. And you're in slavery. Sin is slavery. Uh, one of the other pictures in the Bible, if you go a little further in the Old Testament, is what's known as exile. Exile is where uh, the Israelite people were unfaithful to God. And the result of that is they were taken from their homeland. They were uh, made captives and taken to another country. And they lost everything. They lost their home. They lost, uh, they lost their past. They lost their memories. They lost their identity. They had no idea who they were and where they were going. And the cause of it was unfaithfulness. This is one of the other things that sin is. Sin is unfaithfulness. It's like you, you want to love God and you want to be a good person. 
but you find that you love something else a little bit more. Right? So, you're just unfa- so that's one of the pictures of sin. Sin is uh, it's rejection of God, it's slavery, it's unfaithfulness. I mean, do you find yourself in one of those categories? I've, I've found myself in those categories before. Now, what's Jesus come to do with our sins? Now, notice, notice what uh, Matthew says Jesus doesn't come to do with our sins. He doesn't say, you give him the name Jesus, and he will point out people's sins and tell them how awful they are. Doesn't say that. Doesn't say, uh, you give him the name Jesus, and he will condemn people for their sins. I mean, frankly, I can condemn myself all day long. And we all do that. We condemn ourselves for who we are. We condemn ourselves for our body, for our education level. We condemn ourselves for how we dress or how we look or how much hair we have or don't have. <laughs> we condemn ourselves for where we are, you know, the job that we have or the family we find ourselves in or where we live. We have condemnation for ourselves. We condemn ourselves for what we do. Listen, I don't know about you, but I've, I'm a very positive person. I, I'm, I'm just by temperament. I'm just kind of that way. But I promise you, I could condemn myself every day of 2017. I could find something. And I bet you could too. But, and th- this, is, this, is the, this, is the, this is the trick, is we somehow think, because we condemn ourselves and other people condemn us, we somehow think that God is the greatest condemner. And that's what he came to do, is to condemn us for our sins and make us feel awful, make us feel terrible. And so we say, I don't really know if I want to have anything to do with a God like that. But here's, here's the message of Christmas. Christmas changes all that. Because what has Jesus come to do for our sins? Not to point them out to us. Just to point them out to us. Not condemn us from what? To save us from our sins. Right? What does that look like? Well, this is, a, I mean, the word there is this, it has this big range of meaning. It means all kinds of things. It means like rescue. It means heal. It means deliver us from our sins. Have you ever been an addict and you go, I don't know how I'll ever get out of this. Well, Jesus came to deliver you from that. To forgive us, to cover over, to pay for, to not hold it uh, against us, to welcome us, to save us. Do you know how you spell Christmas? I'll tell you how you need to spell Christmas based on the real Christmas story. How you need to spell Christmas is S-A-V-E. That's how you spell Christmas. Because I, listen, I don't know what to do with my problems. They're too big for me. I don't know about you. Maybe, you're, maybe you're, you're, you're smarter than me. I'm sure you are. But I don't know. I don't need someone else from the outside to do something about my mess. That's the message of Christmas. That's the message of this little baby boy who comes into our world to save us from our sins. And so if you don't know the, you don't know the little the, the baby Jesus, I'm not talking about the one that Will Ferrell portrayed. If you don't know the Christ child who came into our world from outside of our world, to save us from our sins. It's just as simple as saying, okay, God, I need you to save me from my sins. I need to start over. I need to do over. It just starts right there. Well, let me pray, and then we're going to sing some songs, and we're going to light a candle as we sing, and then we're going to be, we're going to go and enjoy Christmas with our family. Let's pray. Jesus, thanks that you came into this world. You didn't come into uh, a perfect world. You didn't come for perfect people. Uh, You didn't come for people who had it all together. You came for broken people. You came for people who rejected you and who hate you. You came for people who are uh, enslaved to something and they don't know how to break out of it. You came for people who are unfaithful. You came for all those kinds of people. Thank you that you came to save us from our sins. Thanks that you didn't come with a, a big rod of condemnation 
or a big, long, bony finger pointing at us. Thank you to become like that. You came, you came as a little baby, and you, you came to die on a cross for us so that you could save us from our sins. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that this is your birthday that we celebrate today. We celebrate the fact that you can do that in our lives. So we pray this in your name. All God's people said, amen. I want to invite you to stand, take your candle.